Zion's back! So is there even a point in watching the tournament this year? Happy Friday and welcome back into Sturl's world. Um, so as I was uh planning this week's podcast, um, and it was gonna have my first guest on this week. So Tyler, um, he writes for Half Street. Uh, he contributes um, to HalfStreetSports.net with uh, college basketball, college football. So he'll be on later to talk about uh, March Madness and get ready for the tournament. And this week's podcast was going to be strictly college basketball, 90% for the most part. Um, Of course, I was going to have to touch on the NFL free agency, but I really wasn't going to dwell on it. Um, You knew AB was going to move. You knew Le'Veon was going to get a new team. Um, You knew there'd be moves here and there that would, you know, make you raise an eyebrow or two. Um, So it wasn't going to be anything too big. Didn't expect anything too big. I was going to hit on the points, uh, say what needed to be said, and then we're going to get into college basketball. That's why March is my favorite month of the year, even though my birthday is in September. But then sports happen. And one of the reasons we love sports is because it's one of those things in life where anything can happen at any given time. And you can either be a fan of it, you can be happy about it, you can be disappointed about it. It all depends on where you stand on it and everyone has an opinion on it. And we got one of those moments Tuesday night. Um, Before we get there, though, let's talk about uh, Antonio Brown. He's an Oakland Raider now. And I really like the move for both sides. Uh, A.B. gets to get out of Pittsburgh. He gets his new contract with the deal. Um, He's not exactly in San Francisco where he wanted to be, but Oakland for now. And then he gets to go to Vegas starting next year. Uh, He he definitely won on it by uh, all means. As for Oakland, we really get to find out about Derek Carr now. Uh, yeah, a couple years ago, he had that MVP caliber season right before he broke his leg at the end of the regular season. And that basically ended any chances that the Raiders had of winning or going to the Super Bowl that year. And there were significant chances, if you don't remember. That's how well Derek Carr and the Raiders were both playing that year. Um, but since that year, he has not been the same. Um, It looks like he plays scared, afraid of breaking or getting injured again. And um, this year, we're really about to find out if he is the real deal or John Gruden needs to find another quarterback. He has one of the best receivers in the league. He has one of the best offensive minds in the game. If Derek Carr does not produce with this team this year, it's time to get rid of him and look at another option at quarterback in Oakland, especially with them moving to Vegas got to be able to sell tickets when you go to vegas there's so many things to do and you got to be able to convince me that spending money and time to go see the raiders is one of those things that i'm going to take the time to do and if Derek carr is not the quarterback for the raiders now's the time to make that move and find out about it um Moving on to Le'Veon Bell, he got his money. And I hear a lot of people this week saying, oh, because his the money he's getting in New York with the Jets um, is less than what Pittsburgh offered on that um, contract where he would have made 15 mil a year. It was a bad move for him to sit out. Um, at the end of the day, he lost his battle. No, he didn't. He's a running back in the NFL. He saved a year on his body. A body that the league, really, they use you up and they throw you away. Um, And we know how much he was used in Pittsburgh. He'll probably be used the same way in New York. So for him to take a year off to save his body, to come back next year more 100% than anybody else in the league because of that time off, at a position where... He takes a beating the way he does every snap he's on the field. And then to come back in this year, get the money that he's about to get, 
I think his contract is uh, four years, 52 mil with 32 guaranteed, if I remember the numbers correctly. Forgive me if I don't. Um, no, he didn't lose. He gets to go to New York. He loves that market. He's a rapper in air quotes. <laughs> so he gets that environment. Le'Veon Bell won. No, he'll never make up the $15 million he lost last year. But if we're going to break it down to dollars, I'm sure he could have got a bigger contract if he really wanted to. At the end of the day, he got the guaranteed money that he was looking for that Pittsburgh was not going to offer. And so for that, Le'Veon Bell won. Now, as far as winning, and this is going to go back to AB as well. Both Le'Veon and AB have won their whole careers. They've been with Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh is a franchise where no matter what's going on, they win football games. As bad and as tumultuous as last season was, they were within a game and some help of getting into the playoffs. There's something about that franchise. When you walk in that room, when you walk in those offices, in that facility, you're walking into a winning environment. Antonio Brown walking into Oakland, Le'Veon Bell walking into the Jets facility is not walking into exactly a winning environment. We know both of the guys, when they don't get the touches that they want and they're not winning, they will let you know about it. I don't think either one of them will have an issue as far as getting touches in their current situations now. However, if the W's don't start to follow quickly after... We could have uh, some entertainment off the field in the NFL this season. Um, both, of their guy, both of these guys are sore losers and sometimes to a fault. And I'm not exactly blaming them for that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. To be a professional athlete, you have to be extremely competitive. You have to want to win every game, every down. Um, but for these guys, yeah, they're getting their money. I don't know if they're exactly going to get the winning that they're used to from coming from Pittsburgh in their current situations. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is now in the same division as the New England Patriots. And until Tom Brady and Belichick decide to walk away, that is still their division. We'll get to that a little bit later. Tony L. Brown is in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs now, who came within an overtime period of beating those same Patriots to go to the Super Bowl just a couple months ago. You still got Phillip Rivers in that division as well. Antonio Brown in winning with Oakland or Vegas, whichever one you want to define them as, ain't exactly obvious, glaring, guaranteed to happen over the next three years of his contract. Um, in Baltimore... Yeah, Terrell Suggs, who's gone. Joe Flacco's trade was already announced, and I'll get to that in a second. But um, Terrell Suggs is gone, and that was part of a complete overhaul of that defense. Um, they simply just did not have the money to retain C.J. Mosley or Eric Weddle. And as far as Suggs, I really don't know what happened. Um, a report came out Monday that he went to the Ravens and said, yeah, I'm going to move on, and he's with Arizona now. Um, he went to Arizona State University. Um, he's from Arizona, so that's basically home for him. Um, so he's going to go back home for one more year and then probably wrap up his career. Um, as a Ravens fan, at this point, I'm, I'm still pretty bitter. Um, I feel after 16 years in one spot, look, I'm not ever going to tell somebody you're to take less money than you feel you're deserved or you're worth. But 16 years in one spot and you know you probably got one or two years left. If you really wanted to be a Raven for the rest of your career, you could have made it happen. Um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still bitter about that. I'm not ready to say thank you to him yet. Even though, of course, I'm grateful for... The 16 years he provided all the leadership, the laughs, the good times on the field. I mean, this man came back from two Achilles tears and is still the franchise leader in sacks. 
Um, so I wish him well in Arizona. He clearly didn't go there to win, that's for sure. Um, but hey, who knows how much winning the Ravens are going to do now. Um, with Joe Flacco out, Lamar Jackson, it is his team. I mean, it was his team at the end of last season, but the question now is how does this team continue to win football games? Uh, yeah, they got it done at the end of the regular season to get into the playoffs, but as soon as they played a team that saw a film on Lamar Jackson, the season was over. In a league right now where passing the ball is the way to play the game, the Ravens are determined by the moves they're making and the personnel that they currently have that they are going to play smash mouth football. We're going to run the ball. There's nothing you can do about it. And while that may work, you got a quarterback who right now can't throw the ball. And I'm not saying he's not going to get better this offseason. I certainly hope he does for his sake, for my sake, for the team's sake. I certainly hope he develops the ability to throw the ball accurately, consistently down the field this summer. Because if he doesn't, the Baltimore Ravens will finish last in the AFC North this season. I don't have anything against Lamar Jackson. I want Lamar to succeed. I want him to be a good quarterback. I also want my quarterback to throw the ball. And that was the one of the biggest reasons I was a huge advocate for Flacco playing that playoff game against San Diego. At least getting a chance in the second half in that game. Um, anybody who knows me knows Joe is my guy. I support him. I even wrote a thank you letter. I, I like Joe is my guy. I wish him all the best in Denver. I hope John Elway doesn't destroy the rest of what's left of his career. Um, the fourth round pick you get back for him, hey, is what you get back. Uh, that just is what it is. But as far as the Ravens go, um, I really, really, really hope these guys know what they're doing in that front office. Um, before yesterday or before uh, Wednesday, I was already missing Ozzie Newsom. Um, you know, free agency starts in the Ravens. There's rumors that they were in the Le'Veon Bell talks. They don't get them. Uh, it's just silence. Like, they were losing everybody but weren't getting anything. And then they go ahead and announce the signings of Earl Thomas as safety and Mark Ingram in the backfield. I like both signings. A lot of people think that uh, makes the Ravens uh, contenders again in the AFC, and I just don't see it for the reasons I've already stated at the quarterback position. But if Lamar does get everything together, we do get some receivers to throw the ball to because we have almost none right now. Um, and the Ravens have always drafted well. I'm not going to say they won't contend in the AFC or they'll be high contenders. I'm not going to say either one. I'll say it'll be a respectable team that I can at least walk into the season and have hope for and with. And the AFC this year, um, the AFC might be the best conference now. Um, you think back since Peyton Manning retired, the NFC is pretty much dominated when it came down to who was the better conference. Yeah, the AFC always had more talent, but when it came down to teams and playoffs, who had the most entertaining playoff games, it was the NFC. And right now, I think the shift uh, was gone over to the AFC side. Yeah, Nick Foles, who's the quarterback of the Jaguars now. This is the same Jaguars team you take away last year. Two years ago, they are 15 minutes away from playing in the Super Bowl. That's how great we're talking about this Jaguars team is. And they were a quarterback away. They have a Super Bowl MVP quarterback now. That defense is still intact. Jacksonville Jaguars are a team to be reckoned with in the AFC again. As far as Kansas City, if you didn't, if you don't think they're here, you surely know they're coming, and they're coming back. As far as Patrick Mahomes goes, um, Next year will essentially be his sophomore season, at least on the field. Third year in the league, but it'll be his second full season playing. So I guess you're going to look for his sophomore slump. And let me just say this now, and I'll reiterate it in August when the season comes. If you're coming off of a NFL MVP season in your first full season on the field, 
unless you come back and do the same thing and better, the next season, of course, is going to be worse. So as far as Patrick Mahomes having a sophomore slump in this coming season, anything worse than an MVP season is going to be considered a slump. Let that kid live. He's going to be great. He is the future of the NFL. Tom Brady's still coming back as far as I've heard, which means the Patriots are still coming back. If Oakland can get everything together, they still got their draft picks. If they use those the right way, Oakland could be a factor in the AFC this year. You go over to the NFC side, and uh, the Eagles get Deshaun Jackson back. I really, really, really like that move, by the way. Um, you expect the Rams to come back, and they're making some moves. They got Eric Weddle now. Um who knows what the Vikings are going to be because who knows what Kirk Cousins is going to be, right? Um, Dallas should be bad. Dallas, they haven't made any moves so far free agency, and I know their fans are pretty frustrated with that. But look at Dallas. They made it to the divisional round of the playoffs last year with the team they had in, in, um, constructed. Uh, their three-headed beast on offense is coming back with Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. They just got to sign contracts, you know, lock that down for the future. But as far as they go, they should be coming back. But I really, really like the AFC as the strength of, um, as the strength of the league right now. And that's all because of the move I alluded to earlier. Odell Beckham Jr. getting traded to the Cleveland Browns. Now, being a fan of the Ravens in the AFC North with the Browns, you used to always know that Browns are two easy W's a year. They're going to play you close, of course, because it's a divisional opponent. But, you know, you got two W's in the division right there when you play the Browns. Heck, they went 0-16. I mean, nobody beat them. And you draft Baker. Baker's my guy. I love Baker Mayfield. And you go get Jarvis Contagious Landry. And they play the season that they played last year. After Hugh Jackson was fired. And then you go trade for Odell Beckham. Along with another, uh, a couple other key moves that they made before the Beckham trade. The Cleveland Browns are winning the AFC North this year, and I don't even think it's that close of a competition. I think it comes down to the Raiders, I'm sorry, the Ravens and the Browns, and I just don't think the Browns have, or the Ravens have what it takes to beat them this year. I could be a prisoner of the moment right now, but with the firepower, that they have, and you look in their backfield, they got, Jesus, oh my goodness, who they have, Kareem Hunt, they have uh, Nick Chubb, and there's one other guy back there, I can't think of his name right now, I think uh, Duke Johnson, um, they are loaded on the offensive side of the ball, they could be another Kansas City Chiefs type offense, and I'm not playing around. I really like what the Cleveland Browns are doing right now. They've won free agency at this point in it, as far as I'm concerned, and it's not even close. Everybody else in the AFC North, it's a race for second place, and you better hope second place in the AFC North has a wild card spot. But with the way I've described the AFC this year, and I didn't even mention if Andrew Luck and the Colts come back a step better. And if Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans come back a step better next year. You got Jacksonville, Indy, and Houston in the same division. Your division winner and the other two teams out of there could be your two wild cards. That's it. I don't think the Jets are going to be good enough yet. I think they're prepping for when Brady leaves, and then that they can take over that division. Kansas City's coming out the West, and it'll be a fight between Phillip Rivers and probably the AFC South for that last wild card spot. 
But folks, let me tell you, the Cleveland Browns, you don't have a team. If you're looking to switch teams, if you're just one of those bandwagon people, forgive me for maybe being a prisoner of the moment, but the Cleveland Browns are the team to get with. Step across the line. Habitually, he's a habitual line stepper. All right. Connor McGregor. Another one of my guys. Love me some Conor McGregor. And a lot of people are getting on his case for his latest arrest in Miami for, as I've heard it described, taking someone's phone, throwing it on the ground and stomping on it. Now, there's a lot of details to this story we don't know. And that's what I want to get into right now. Yes, Conor McGregor is a habitual line stepper. That's why he got the first habitual line stepper award on Sterl's World. However, we know who Conor McGregor is. And when you see someone like Conor McGregor out in public, you may want to, you know, take a picture, take a video. And some people are obnoxious with that type of thing. You look at Russell Westbrook in Utah, not this week's incident, which is a whole nother situation that I haven't decided if I'm going to touch on. But the situation from last last April in the playoffs when the fans were leaning over the railings with the phone and he knocked it out the guy's hand. If you're walking down the street and whether you have notoriety or not, if someone's putting a cell phone in your face, especially which what this is what happens nine times out of ten they say the first time hey can you move the phone like get the phone out my face some shape form or fashion they are verbally telling you to not put the phone in their face and you continue to do so you know what i'm probably slapping the phone out your face too now i'm not gonna say i'm gonna go as far as to stomp on it and then he picked the phone up and he took it afterwards connor i can't defend you for that but what I am saying is, if someone has a phone up in your face, or anything in your face for that matter, you just walk down the street right now, and imagine someone putting anything in your face. How are you going to react to it? You're not going to let it just sit there, especially if you've already said verbally to move it out of their face, out of your face. That's just human courtesy. And when it comes to celebrities and athletes and so be it, whatever you want to call it, in public, Nine times out of ten, people don't have that common courtesy because they feel, oh, you're a celebrity. You can take it. I do whatever I want. And that's the problem with society right now. And it's not true. Now, as far as Connor and his UFC career, um, the latest I had heard, he was scheduled to be uh, on a fight card this this fall. And I do think it'll still happen. I honestly think this case is going to be cleaned up pretty quickly. Uh, the New York case, he had just finished everything he had to do as far as his community service. And once he com completed his community service, his criminal record was expunged, wiped clean completely. So, And that happened before this Miami incident. So as far as that goes and his criminal record and everything, this is going to be the only thing that's on it. I think it gets taken care of pretty quickly. He set bail. It was only $12,500. It is two felonies, though. Um, Dana White has a thing where he doesn't book fighters for fights until their criminal situations is picked up or cleaned up. So maybe he doesn't fight this August. I mean, sorry, this fall. Maybe we're waiting until um, the end of December, the New Year's Eve card. Maybe he doesn't fight at all in 2019. I do think Conor McGregor gets back in the cage, though. He just loves fighting too much. Um, it's a payday. Yeah, he got paid with Floyd. But anytime Conor steps in the cage, it's a payday for not only Conor McGregor, but also for the UFC. He will fight again. Um, I think this gets cleaned up. But Conor, Conor, you got to start using some restraint just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because you are becoming a habitual line stepper. Alright, so now we get to get into some college basketball. My favorite time of the year, March Madness. The brackets come out Sunday. 
Um, today's Friday, and in fact, Duke and UNC play for the third time this season tonight in the ACC semifinals. The winner's going to go ahead and face Virginia tomorrow, um, more than likely. I think they get past Florida State tonight. And your ACC final is going to be Virginia against either Duke or North Carolina. You also got the Big 12, where anybody could win it from Kansas to Kansas State to Iowa to Iowa State. Anybody could win that Big 12. Sorry, Iowa's not winning it. Uh, I misspoke on that one. Um, you got the SEC. It could come down to LSU, Kentucky, or Tennessee. You got the Big East tournament that's going to be really big. Can Georgetown win enough games in the Big East tournament? They'll probably have to get to the semifinals or the finals to sneak in to March Madness this year. And then you got um, the Big Ten with Ohio State, who I don't think is going to win it, but they'll contend in it possibly. You got Maryland, who's going to make the NCAA tournament this year. You got Michigan and Michigan State, and you also got Purdue. Um, the conference tournaments this year are as entertaining as they've been as a collective, as a whole, in a while. And to uh, continue talking about the conference tournaments, um, some people to look at in the tournament, and as well as the tournament as a whole, we're going to bring in my good friend Tyler, who is a um, contributor at HalfStreetSports.net for college sports. He uh, looks at college basketball and football. How was your day, man? How'd that go? Got the job. Job developer. <laughs> hey, congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we have to talk about football. <laughs> I, I, you know, my plan was to not really do much football this week, but after the Odell trade, I was like, yeah, I can't ignore football. Yeah, so... Uh, for you, uh, who do you think made the best move so far, trade or free agency? Trade or free agency who made the best moves. Let's see. Well, from what I've seen, uh, I mean, got to say the Raiders, sadly, but true. Um, besides the Raiders, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I'd say Raiders would be, like, the obvious one. You know, you trade a, a third and a fifth, and that's it. Yeah. Traded a third and a fifth, and you got Brown. You got, one of the, you got one of the best tackles in the league. So that's that's one thing right there where it's just like, you can't, can't beat that. Right. If I got charges going up. But like, uh, oh, that caught me off guard right there. Let's see. I'm trying to make sure. Who else made some moves? The Browns? Not the Browns. Oh, yeah, the Browns, of course. The Browns. And, uh, shockingly, the Bills made some moves. That was, a. Uh, Pretty good to see. Yeah. Personally, I really like what the Browns did. Like that and for me, it's not as much the trade for Odell. It's the whole unit combined now. With Baker and Jarvis Contagious Landry and Odell and Kareem Hunt will be playing football again after his suspension. You got Nick Chubb in that backfield. Like their offense, if they can gel together. I think will compete with the explosiveness of the Chiefs' offense. I wasn't even thinking about the offense. I'm thinking about the defense of the Browns, man. The uh, Browns' defense is pretty good. Um, they yeah. got Sheldon Richardson. The Sheldon Richardson one is like the, really the one that's, yeah. like, that's all caught off guard. Nobody's really talking about. That's the one where it's like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> they really got this guy. To go in, as in, I don't know if they're going to play him on the outside or inside, but wherever you play him. Exactly. <laughs> Their defense was already good last year. Yeah. So whatever they're doing now, it's just yeah. <laughs> just you just gonna get keep it in better. Right. I, I heard a report they might look at uh, Eric Berry if they throw him back there. Like uh, Washington's looking for Eric Berry too, though. It's yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, and them losing Haha Clinton Dix today, I think, was huge. I think they uh, kind of banked on getting him back. And uh, losing him, I think, is going to come back and bite them later. The safety market is just so deep this year, though. You just don't know. How do you feel about the Ravens? Uh, so. <laughs> Earl, Thomas, uh, Earl Thomas contract guaranteeing him $22 million the first nine months. You know, I don't care for that part of the contract, but I think it's actually better. coming off of his Achilles, I understand it, him getting his money, especially after the way things ended in Seattle. 
Um, I like the Ingram pickup. Um, still not big on um, Lamar or our offense as a whole, but I do like our defense. My only thing with the defense now is I'd like a linebacker to replace Mosley and Suggs. Um, I'm kind of beefing with Terrell Suggs right now. I'm well, it's a homecoming tour from what I heard. I, I just heard that the other day. I know, today on a podcast. I mean, I know he's from Arizona, and I know he's yeah. going back home. Um, but, I mean, when you got Ray, who played his whole career here, and this would have been year 17 for Terrell, and while Ed Reed didn't play the whole career here, he only left after he got the ring. It's just like, and to be in that echelon of names of Ray Lewis and Terrell, I mean, and Ed Reed, Suggs is that third name on the list. And for him to leave like this, yeah, I'm kind of bitter about it. I mean, eventually I'll get over it, but but for now it still stings. Should be over it, like now. Right? <laughs> the guy wants to go home. Like that's like you playing. Let's say we put you up in, we put you in Seattle for 15 years. You played in Seattle for 15 years. Then the Redskins were like, "Hey, Sterling, hey, let's bring, let's bring you home. We'll pay you more money, and you you're probably not gonna be that good, but we'll still pay you. <laughs> you get to play at home in front of all your friends and family." Like, it's, it's, it's your last year, your last go-around, you want to be at home, you want to have fun, and then he's done. And he knows they're not good, so you know... Well, see, that's my other thing. You want to go to the number one pick in the draft? Like... He's, he's happy, but he just wants to go home, bro. Like, he, he doesn't care. He's... The, the, the thing of football is it's done to him. It's over. Because if he's in Baltimore, he actually got to play hard. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald ain't gonna let him just walk around and do whatever. <laughs> Fitz trying to win a couple games. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald's a family man. You can tell that. He ain't nobody standing in that place for that many years for no real reason. He's a family man. Abs- like, I want my kids to move. Absolutely. I'm just gonna stay here in Arizona and have fun. <laughs> oh, dang, what I man, I won't be there. Oh, man. He's biting the bullet for his wife and kids. Yeah, that's a. He should win Man of the Year every year for that. Um, but I guess we'll move on to basketball now. Zion's back. Oh, gosh. Zion is back. Zion's back, and I'm happy because I have not watched a single college basketball game ever since he's been hurt. Like, there's only, like, <laughs> like, I've watched a few, but it's like, eh. It's just you don't know what to expect with him not on the court. Um, oh, I know what to expect. I expect Duke back to win. I mean, <laughs> to be honest here, I don't expect much. They went three and three. They went three and three without him. Uh, two of those losses were to um, to North Carolina, and one game they were twenty six point favorites and won by one point. And the only reason they won is because the other team missed the layup at the buzzer. That was the Wake, Wake Forest, Forest game. Forest. Yeah, that Wake was on senior night. They're a bad team. Yeah. Um. So Childress came through. Now that now that he's back, do you think anybody can beat them in the tournament? Um, which tournament? The NCAA tournament. We'll go there. NCAA. Well, uh, anybody can beat them. Yes, because when you're in a 300 for shooting threes, you're sorry, late 200s. I'm sorry. Yeah. But when you can't shoot the three, man, I don't care who you have in the paint. They're just gonna force you to. You can't dunk from the free throw line. Standing still. <laughs> As much as you are, he'll probably get his 20 and 10, 25 and 10. But if you can't make that three, I just cannot see them winning the tournament. I just, I, they can get, they can go as, they can win the tournament, but they can also get knocked out by a senior-led team in the second, in the second game. You know? Yeah. Like it's, they just got to make threes. And this is not the typical Duke team we see before the whole one and done phase. They would make a bunch of threes. Yeah, have definitely. Have a bunch of guys who you knew weren't making the league they'd still win but now it's it's turned into a one and done and all these guys are shot creators but they can't make straight threes yeah for me uh the matchup against north carolina in the acc tournament is going to tell me a lot um they didn't get to play north carolina with zion during the season um to see so to see how they match up with zion in the lineup uh and that game's going to be friday night um that's going to be huge for me if they can play the way they played against Virginia and a lot of other teams this year, um, that'll really raise my stock for them. Right now, they're still my pick to win it all, just simply based off what they did in the regular season when Zion was on the court. Yeah, when he's on the court, yes, of course. They're they're easily a top-four team, a top-two team. They're easily one of the best teams. There's no doubt about that, no sir. 
Yeah, so um, that's going to be real interesting. Another thing is, is he 100%? Um, they'll never tell us if he's not 100%, but if he's not 100%, that's going to be huge. Um, the tournament is six games. It's six games in a three-week span, and you play uh, every other night three weekends in a row. So can don't his forget about, Don't forget about the ACC tournament, playing those games back to Yeah, those are, and that'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be three and three nights if they get to the championship game Saturday night. And that championship game is going to be against Virginia. So, that, no, we that, don't know that, man. We don't know. Uh, well, actually, I have a question. Florida State win today or Virginia? Florida State did win today in overtime. Overtime. Okay, so Florida State. I actually, you got to catch the highlight. It was a beautiful buzzer beater at, in overtime. Oh, man. Over Virginia Tech. So, Florida State and Virginia will be the Friday matchup. The winner of that will play Duke, the winner of North Duke in North Carolina Saturday night. Oh, winner of Hamilton, man. Man, that guy continues to get the most out of nothing. Yes! <laughs> He's what Duke used to be. Yes. He plays 10 people. Leonard Handelman gets the most out of zero recruiting. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of uh, great players, John Morant. So a lot of people don't really watch Murray State play basketball. I mean, personally, I hadn't heard of John Morant until I saw the first mock draft. And he was like number three on the list. And I had, yeah, to, I had to text some people. I was like, who is this kid? And they sent me some highlights. I was like, I've seen enough. So, uh, for people who doesn't don't know who John Moran is or don't watch Murray State games, how would you describe him? Oh man! All right. So, what I have right now, I gave a little scout report for the kids at home. He's six three, one seventy five. So skinny. If you watch him play, he's a really skinny guy. Um, he's a little bit taller. He has basically the same build as like a Trey Young, but way more explosive. Not even a question. And he's leading his team. So I got twenty. He's uh twenty five points a game, five rebounds, ten assists. Um. The only, the only knock on him is the five turnovers he game, but, I mean, he's the only guy on the team. So, <laughs> that's what you expect. And his usage rate is 33%, which is, like, astronomical for any college player. So, the fact that he's bringing the ball to court, getting rebounds, getting assists, it's pretty astronomical. Um, the guy can shoot. He's a good pass. I wouldn't say a great passer. He just passes because they double-team him. So, that's where his tennis has come from, from the games I've saw. And uh, very explosive. Guys, very, very explosive. Um, gives me like a Dame Lillard feel just from the fact that he's from a small school. But he'll actually be in the tournament, unlike Damian Lillard. So This is true. This is a true. People, a lot of people will get to see this guy and his talent and see how good he actually is. Does he, um, he have the capability to uh, lead his team to our first round win? If he gets a 12-5 matchup, yes. Okay. If they, if they get a 12-5 matchup, they can easily beat a 5 seed. I don't care what, I don't care what conference the 5 seed's from. If they get a 12-5 matchup against anybody, they will win that five against the five. Because I don't see this guy scoring anything less than 35 points. Wow. 30. They may lose, but he's scoring 35 points. 35 in a tournament game. He, Jesus. Yeah. He didn't say, so I'm getting mine. <laughs> we, I don't care if we lose. I'm getting mine. So I think he's going to show off and he's going to put on a show just like Jimmer did. Jim, boy, Jimmer had, Jimmer had some games. That was one of my guys while he was in college. Alright. Jeez. Alright. So, and, I, <laughs> you know, I'm glad you asked because that led into my next question. So, for me, you know, the conference tournaments are this weekend and that's going to play a lot. I, uh, I have three ACC teams as number one seeds. Um, oh, man. I got Duke, North Carolina, and Virginia, not in that order. And then for that fourth one seed, look, yes, Gonzaga beat Duke, but them not winning their conference tournament, you're not a one seed. Yeah, you lost to the St. Mary's, a team that you beat by 47 in the regular season. Yeah, you did. But when you play in a conference that week, you have no excuse. You got to finish the job. Um, You scored 47 points. You scored 40, exactly, <laughs> exactly, against St. Mary's, who was a bubble team. They might or might not have gotten in. They're definitely in now, but yeah. Yeah, losses. yeah I, can't, I, can't, I can't give you a one seed after that. And I know a lot of people are giving them a one seed because of their resume. I'm, just, I'm a big strength of schedule type of person. Yeah, they beat Duke, but they also lost to North Carolina. Um, yeah. So for me, that fourth one seed, 
it comes down to if Michigan State wins if Michigan State wins the Big Ten tournament, I think I give it to them the way they finish their season. Um, and then other than that, Kentucky or Tennessee, if one of them guys win the SEC tournament convincingly, um, that fourth one seed is wide open for me though. Um, the only way I don't give Duke or North Carolina a one seed or I don't give Duke a one seed is if they play North Carolina Friday and get blown out with Zion. If that happens, I got to Yeah, if that happens, I drop them to the two line. Luke May going to drop 35 and 10. Oh, my goodness. You know who Luke May is giving me <laughs> vibes of? I'm getting Tyler Hansbro 2.0 vibes. Not the way they play the game. Just that big white guy from North Carolina who's just so annoying. And when do you graduate? Like... <laughs> so bad exactly like just i'm so glad this is his senior year <laughs> get him out of here please get him out of here <laughs> how do you feel about three one seeds coming from the same conference though you know college, college football they'll put two sec teams in the playoffs and that's highly controversial this will be almost down the same road mm, i don't think it'll be down the same road because the kid these other teams will still get in um we still have a fair shot of winning if there were three teams in the SEC, that means that there's only one team from the rest of the country. So you're basically saying the SEC versus one team from the field. Um, with the top seed, um, it's actually not – I guess it's not as big as a deal, but it's still an issue. Like if you have three teams from one conference, they'll still they'll still cry and moan about it. I think they'll still get some people out there, especially Big Ten people. Oh, yeah. Like, like Will Bond. He'll, uh, <laughs> he'll come out here and say they deserve it. Um, I, I have three. I have three ACC teams in there. If Duke wins, if Duke wins the tournament, they'll. If Duke wins the ACC, they'll be a wonderful one seed. Um, UVA is a lock. UNC is a lock. You beat and you beat Duke twice. Um, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I don't care if Zion was there or not. Um, you beat Duke twice. Um, I don't think Gonzaga should be a number one seed, but I think they'll still give them a number one seed. Um, so I got UVA, North Carolina. If Duke wins, it's Duke. If Duke does not win the championship, I got the winner of the SEC. So it's either going to be Tennessee, Kentucky, or LSU. I think LSU, if they run the table and they get a good draw and they beat, I don't know if, the, if they play Tennessee or Kentucky in that championship game. Yeah. They will get a good draw, and I think they'll have a good shot at uh, getting a number one seed. Um, the wiretap Tigers, man. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you about that. Do you think the committee is going to like punish them when it comes down to seeding for that? I think they will, though, but I hope not. In the past, they ha- they haven't punished teams for that type of thing. They've punished them for injuries, which is yeah. why Duke might not be a one seat. They have punished for injuries. Um, will Wade asked the coach. He said, bring me back. Let me coach. He put out a long statement. You just can't do it. Just, yeah. the, the way, and yeah, we, but we all know the kids should be played, but as long as the rules are as what they are right now, you can't touch that. You can't play around with that. They make over. They make it to the final four. And you end up taking banners down later, like. But nobody cares about that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you make it, you make it, right? I mean, I know that's how I would feel. About hey, that, that, that's how they say, you know. But if you if you look up in the record book, is Reggie Bush a Heisman winner? In the record book. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 that. Second and third place. Exactly. So. I mean, that's I got another a, thing. I got one more thing that's kind of a, I guess, a shocker to me. Um, um, I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball. Cause Bill Walton's very annoying. <laughs> but, uh, if Washington wins the Pac-12, they will be a one-bid conference. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, that that's was very sad. The fact that the Pac-12 will be a one-bid conference, that's very sad. Yeah, that was like, the worst Power Five conference in college basketball since I can ever remember. This there season. was some mid-majors that can possibly be better than absolutely that. it's kind of frustrating like teams like belmont who won't get in um they won't be able to get in they could they could they could have possibly got a better record yeah than the pack 12 yeah that, that that's, uh, that's kind of sad to see them that conference was an abomination um my last note on the one seeds the most interesting thing for me is saying say duke and virginia both will get in mm-hmm. um where do they place the duke and virginia um in the South region, you got you got that region this year, and I think don't quote me on it. I think they're um, 
in Louisville. The East region is in D.C. Yeah, I was about to say which one's at Capital One. Yeah, that, that that's the East. And on map-wise, Virginia's the closest. If Duke beats Virginia in the ACC championship, that's a three-game sweep. You gotta give it to you gotta does, give it to Duke. Does Duke get the East? That yeah. How many how many games has Duke lost this year? If Duke if Duke runs the table in the ACC tournament, they'll finish the season 29 I want to say twenty nine and seven or twenty nine and six. Okay. That's if they win the ACC tournament. And UVA lost how many games so far? Three, and all three will have been to Duke. They would have lost all three to Duke. Yes, they have not lost a game this season that wasn't to Duke. <laughs> Yeah. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. Yeah. It's like you lost three games, but then how many games did Duke lose with Zion? Duke lost with Zion one, and that was the um, game to Gonzaga in the Maui Invitational. I take that back. I take that back. They've lost two with Zion. Yeah. Um, They lost the Syracuse game as well. But in that game, they played without Trey Jones and without Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to go. If they beat UVA, you have to put Duke in, number one. Um, as much as it may seem weird having all those losses next to a number yeah. one overall seed, um, you're going to have to do it. Um, the only question now is that you have is how can Duke jump UNC, you know? Like, people are going to have that argument as well. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I think what would happen, I think UNC, well, Duke, UNC would have the loss to Duke in the ACC tournament. Yeah. And that would be your argument. When they were full strength, they they couldn't beat them. Mm-hmm. And so I think you get away with that argument there. And uh, UNC would end up in the Midwest, and they put Gonzaga out, out west. But yeah, that that I, that honestly, for me, outside of the full revelation of the bracket and where everybody, that's where the one seeds end up is the most interesting part of Sunday for me. How do you feel about uh, putting what they do in the women's game, where you have like the first two games at the home side of whoever that top seed? See, do. they'll never do it because of you know money. money. Um, <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. But imagine, imagine the first two games of the NCAA tournament in Cameron Indoor Stadium. That'd like, be awesome. you think they're crazy now during the that'd regular be, season? Be great. The only thing, like, Cameron's so small, I don't even think their attendance reaches 10,000. Like, well, it doesn't matter. That means they'll just, send, they'll just sell tickets for 10,000. People will pay for them. Oh, definitely, definitely. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is, wow. Wow. Well, this is an idea. They're never going to do it. You're right. <laughs> nice to think about a little bit. <laughs> so are you going to fill out a bracket this year? I may do another bracket challenge. I usually put a bracket challenge up on yeah. Facebook, Twitter, and stuff. So I may put up another one and see how horrible I do. So, like I always do, I usually do one, and yeah. it's the one I, I'm one of those people. I do one bracket and I put in all my pools. I, I use the same bracket. This this yeah. year I might I don't know because the, there's so many pieces that can fall in so many different spots. I'm gonna have to see how the matchups line up on Sunday. I might find myself doing three or four brackets this year. You gotta do one. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta stick to your guns, man. You have to fill out just one bracket, and you have to you have to struggle like all of us. <laughs> be sad. Like I think I think what I may do, I might sit down with three or four and fill all those out, and then study those four and be like, okay, which one am I rolling with after that? It's <laughs> Duke the champion, all four of them. Look. <laughs> I said I said last week, and I said it again this week. I'm putting Duke down as a national champion in all four brackets. As long as Zion is 100% healthy, and I can only judge that by my eye test, I'm putting him. I'm putting them down as the champion. And for me, it's there's a couple big moments that happen in the season that have me feel this way. Um, the way that even though they lost the Gonzaga game, the way they fought back, they were down double digits in the second half. That was a big one for me. Um, the way the team played without Zion at Syracuse, that was another big one for me. And then the third and the final one for me, the Louisville game. 
to the point I was ready to turn off the... T- I just said, next TV timeout, I'm done with this game. I'm turning the TV off. And for them to come back in the manner they did on the road with Zion with four fouls... Now, now, Cam Reddish was there. But it was the whole... They don't come back without Zion in that game. No, come back without Cam! They don't. They don't. That it's the whole unit. When that whole team is together, I don't think they can be beaten in a six-game tournament. You mean the whole three? You mean the whole three? No, all, all of them. I'm talking. Trey Jones is there. He just played defense. Trey Jones is the National Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. If he doesn't get that, uh-huh. he's snubbed. He didn't they're even. Gonna it, they're gonna give it to that white boy from Wisconsin that takes all the charges. Oh, <laughs> Ethan Happ. Ethan Happ. Yeah. Gonna give it to him. <laughs> Caused the most turnovers. I mean, I don't know no disrespect to him, but being an arm ball defender is, like, more prolific. Like, when you think about defenders in NBA history, think about Gary Payton as one of the first because he was a great on ball defender. You're not thinking about um, Sean Bradley taking charge. <laughs> I was playing 2K, and uh, I was playing against the old <coughs> and Udonis Haslam. Charge card. I'm like, fuck wow. This. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you see Mario Chalmers joining the big three? Mario Chalmers? Yeah, that got announced a couple hours ago. They're going to put Chalmers in the big three. The big three is going to be so great this year. He's out the league already, though. I know. Oh There's a lot of people I reacted that way to. Um, who, who was the guy? Al Jefferson? He was just like oh, getting. He's yeah, he's Wait. out the league. Um, Joe Johnson? Oh, God. Nobody wanted to pick him up. Nobody wanted to pick up ISO Joe. Yeah, ISO Joe's in the big three this year. You know somebody who's still in the league? Who? Marshawn Brooks. He is. Marshawn Brooks. He is. Uh, I listened to Gilbert Arena's podcast the other day. He's trying to get uh, Nick Young, Swaggy P, to do the big three this year. Because <laughs> I think his NBA career just might be done. <laughs> Oh, Nick Young said the only way he'd do it is he has to come in as the highest played Big 3 player and he's not entering the draft pool. He has to be on Gilbert's team. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> I'm here for this. European soccer player or something? He's like, like, tell Ice Cube I ain't entering the draft pool. I'm the, I'm on Gilbert's team or I ain't playing. <laughs> he, he gonna get something done. Yeah, so I, I think that'll be a name that pops up soon. But yeah, I can't wait for the Big 3 this summer. I think they have to come to D.C. too with Gilbert playing now. Like, you can't add Gilbert and not come to D.C. Yes, man. So, um, if they do that, I'll definitely be there. It'll be the only postseason basketball in Washington, D.C. this year. Oh! (laughs) That's fire. Hey, I'll just call it how I see it. But, um, go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Appreciate you being the first guest, man. Oh, no problem, man. Appreciate it. Definitely appreciate you. So uh, I plugged you right in for uh, for Half Street. Are you still doing uh, Tyler and Friends when you get the chance? Yeah, I'm a, whenever I try, um, Perez is up next. All right. And then I gotta get I gotta I gotta get I gotta get Sterling on to talk about some some Duke basketball <laughs> and how much I hate him. But I, I hate um, I'm unlike Vontae. I actually I hate Duke. Man, I that don't get me started on I'm that guy. I admit that I hate. Duke. Like, I don't like Duke, but I'll watch every game. See, all I ask is that you admit it. But I don't hate Duke anymore. They got black people now, but like, <laughs> oh, I used to hate Duke. I used to hate the one black point guard. And like, <laughs> I used to hate Sean Dockery, Tyler Thornton, Greg Paulus. Oh, black, man. Black, black Greg I Paulus. Hate, what's his name? Patrick Ewing Jr.? I totally hated him. We don't claim him. He's not part of the program. <laughs> we don't claim him. I knew he was going to be garbage. I was like, oh my goodness, he's not going to be good in the league. He couldn't even get into Georgetown. That's how bad he was. So those are some people. I know a lot of names. I, I mean, I watch Duke. I just don't like them. I root against you. And when you're good, that's even better. The year they were unranked, I hated Duke even more because they weren't fun to watch. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's all good. It's all good. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Definitely appreciate it. No problem. All right. (laughs) All right, it's time for one of my favorite segments. Simply just for that intro. 
be prepared for what's coming up this week in sports. Um, of course, like I've been talking about, um, you got March Madness. The brackets come out this Sunday night. They're finally going back to the format uh, that they used to do where they come out by region, not that alphabetical mess from last year. Um, that was a debacle. I'm glad they got that taken care of. Um, but before that, Saturday night, uh, NBA blockbuster. You got Golden State going to OKC. And this is the time of year where Golden State, they start to ramp it up. Um, you saw they refused to lose at Houston Wednesday night. And I think um, they've heard the talk. Um, they've heard other teams, I guess, gain some hope based off of Golden State's lack of regular season success this year. And I think this is the time of year Golden State starts to remind everybody just exactly who they are. They're looking to three-peat this year, in case you've forgotten. And they added Boogie Cousins. They're going to rest a little bit to get healthy. Um, you know, KD's battling the ankle right now. They said it isn't too bad. He'll definitely rest that up and get it ready for the playoffs. Not saying that he'll rest until the playoffs, but he's not going to do anything to risk going into the playoffs, anything less than 100%. Um, so you got that matchup Saturday night, which would be really good. Of course, you got Russ and PG, you know, uh, OKC doing their thing. Um, also, Saturday night, Look, there's a boxing match in this pay-per-view. Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is going up two weight classes to the welterweight division. He's jumping two weight classes, and he's fighting Errol Spence, who is the best welterweight in the world. A lot of people are hyping this fight up, saying it's going to be a really good one. Look, I watch a lot of boxing. I don't think it is. If I happen to be in front of a screen where it's on, I'm going to stop and watch it. But I'm not going out of my way to pay for it or even find it on the fire stick. I don't think it's going to be that good. I think Earl Spence is going to eat this boy Garcia up. I think Garcia is jumping just a little too much. And I'm not disrespecting Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is a really good boxer. He's a really good fighter. But to jump up two weight classes to fight the guy that he's about to fight this Saturday, I think... Uh, What's that? What's that phrase? How does it go? Um, you got too much dip on your chip. He's just not ready for it. Like I said, no disrespect to Mikey Garcia, but uh, that fight's probably not going past five rounds unless Mikey does some tap dancing around the ring to stay away from Earl Spence's power. And uh, last big thing, other than the tournament, of course. Um, and no, I'm not sorry that I keep saying it. That's how excited I am for it. Um, the Capitals, it's almost playoff time in hockey land. Um, the playoffs start in about a month now. Um, the Capitals in the next two weeks, starting tomorrow night, have three matchups against the best team in the league this year, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, if you remember, the Tampa Bay Lightning is the same team the Capitals beat in Game 7 of the Easter Conference Finals last year to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, Tampa Bay this year. Like I said, it is the best team in the league. The Capitals have yet to face them since that Game 7. That changes tomorrow night. They go to Tampa Bay. Five days later, Tampa comes here. And then at the end of the month on the 30th, Washington takes one more trip to Tampa to finish out that three-game series in the regular season. Um, as far as the season goes for the Capitals, they're really coming on at the right time. They're doing a bit of the same that they did last year, finishing the regular season strong, going into the playoffs. Um, winning the division is probably going to come down to the last game of the season, who ironically is against Barry Trotz in the New York Islanders. Uh, that game's in D.C. in the last day of the regular season. That'll probably be for the division, like I said. And the Capitals are looking like a team prime to make it back-to-back. -back. Um, with that said... We're going to go ahead and wrap up Sterl's World for this week. I had fun making this show. I'm healthy this week, if you can hear it in my voice. Um, like I said, I have fun. Like, once again, thanks and shout out to Tyler for coming on as the first guest this week. Um, hope you guys enjoy listening. We're on Apple Podcasts once again. We're on SoundCloud once again. Go ahead, like, share. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. If there's a social media, if there's a spot to find us, you can find us. Um, <clears throat> review, comment, 
rate five stars. If you rate anything less than five stars, there's only one reason I can think to as of why. Oh, man. Hey, 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 h